one, and I want you to repeat after me. I want you to say it with all of your heart. Say, this is God's word, not Pastor Evans' word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, Father, we thank you for this time that we have to fellowship around the greatness of your word. We thank you that your word is a lamp unto our feet and it is a light unto our path. We thank you that your word guides us when we don't know where to go. And so as we take the time to impart the word into your people, I thank you, Lord, that our hearts are receptive to hear what the spirit of the Lord is saying to us. And as I have decreased, I thank you for the anointing of God increasing to feed every person in this room spiritually. That they will have a guiding light when they leave this place so that they can live the best of a better life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated this morning. Today is our last lesson in the series on how to have a better life. And throughout our series, we have learned some principles that should better our lives. However, there are some core things that we should be aware of that would almost instantly change our lives for the better once we know them and apply them. And so today's message is designed to inspire you to give God 100%. Say 100%. Today's message is designed to inspire you to give God 100% so that you can experience the best of a better life. And so if you're taking notes this morning, the topic of today's lesson is the best of a better life. And I want you to turn your Bibles to the book of Psalm 103. Psalm 103. And before we jump into Uh, The points that I have for you this morning, I want to show you that serving God comes with some benefits. And here's the, the point that I want you to write down. There are benefits to serving God and these benefits lead us to a better life. We should have a better life as believers than those who are non-believers. But the only way to have that better life is that we need to be aware of the benefits that go along with serving the Lord. In Psalm 103, look in verse 1. It says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his what, class? Forget not all of his benefits. Now, who in here has a job that has benefits? Amen. And so sometimes... It's the benefits that that job gives you that determines whether you're going to work for them. Verse 2 or verse 3 says this. Here's some of the benefits. He forgives some of our iniquities. Come on, class. Come on, class. He forgives how many? All of our iniquities. And then he heals some of our diseases. How many? 
all. So whether you believe it or not, God still heals today. And he can't just heal some diseases. He has the power to heal all diseases. Watch this, verse 4. He redeems our life from destruction, who crowns us with loving kindness and tender mercies. He satisfies our mouth with good things so that our youth is renewed like eagles. We should walk around renewed people. That's why I look so good. I mean, that's why people who join this church look so good. Listen, I just met somebody today for the first time and her son thought I was his age, 17. (laughs) I mean, I look good, but I don't think I look that good. But I'm just saying, our youth is renewed like eagles, verse 6. The Lord executes its righteousness and judgment for all those who oppress, verse 8. The Lord is merciful and he's gracious and he's slow to anger, but he's plenty in mercy. God is not up there trying to make your life hard. And contrary to popular belief, God don't get mad easy. He's not like us. You know, it just takes us a minute and somebody's on our nerves. That's not like how God is. And it says he's plenty in mercy. Verse 9. Well, let's go to verse uh, 10. He has not dealt with us after our sins, nor does he reward us according to our iniquities. So when people say, you know, that, that bad happened to me because God's trying, you know, he's trying to test me or he's trying to, uh, you know, get me back from something I did. That verse right there. Guess what? It contradicts what, it, what, what, what people believe. And let me tell you why. He can't reward us according to our sins because our sins have been forgiven through Jesus Christ. So when God sees you, all he sees is righteousness. Amen. So if you continue to read that whole psalm, it talks about, let's just look at, look at verse 12. As far as the east is from the west, that's how far he removes our what? Our transgressions. Man, listen, God does not remember the last sin you committed if you confessed it. And that's wonderful because that'll keep you from letting the devil beat you up about something you did. Amen. So we're going to start out this morning by helping you see that the best of a better life only comes when you know that there are benefits to serving God. Now, I'm going to give you three simple points this morning. We're going to talk about purpose. We're going to talk about passions. And then we're going to end by talking about pursuit. Everybody say purpose, passions, pursuit. Now, go to Romans chapter 8 quickly. Go to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Thank you very much. Romans 8. Very familiar passage of scripture. Here's the point that I want to write. I want you to write down. We will experience the best of a better life when we discover and do God's purpose for our lives. Because, see, you can know what God wants you to want you to do and don't do it. And do you know you can't reap from the benefits of obedience if you don't do it? So in Romans 8, look in verse uh, 28. And we know that some things, come on class, we know all things work together for good to those that love God, watch this now, and to those who are called according to what? 
his purpose. So as long as we're pursuing God's purpose for our life, we're in position to get the best of a better life. Now, right now, second Timothy chapter one, verse nine, this is what it says. Who has saved us, talking about God, and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. In other words, the only way you're going to find your true purpose in life is through Jesus Christ. And that's why there are people who make, they make tons of money, But they have no purpose and that's why they're still a void in their life. Because the purpose for you being here only can come through Jesus Christ. Now, watch this. God's purpose for our lives is a single purpose but yet multifaceted. You say, well, what do you mean by that, Pastor? In 1 John 3, 8, you don't have to turn there, but it says, He that commits sin is of the devil, for the devil sins from the beginning. For this purpose, the purpose of sin, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. I want you to see that Jesus' purpose was multifaceted. In other words, he came to destroy the works of the devil, but he also came to bring us salvation. So on this side... Eternal life came through Jesus Christ. And then on this side, he destroyed the works of the devil. So your purpose in life may, it's, it's one fold, but it has, it's multifaceted. And so you got to see that, that God may call you to, in a direction. He may call you to do something. And then later on in your life, like for me, when I got saved, I was just a regular Christian. And as I started serving the Lord, he called me to minister or to be a minister. And then as I started, you know, uh, working that out, then he eventually called me the pastor. In other words, I want you to see the purpose is to glorify him and to obey him for, you know, for my life. But see how my purposes start changing or the facets of it. First, I was just a regular Christian. Then I was, you know, a minister. Then I moved from that to an elder. Then I moved from an elder. I moved to uh, a pastor. And you know what? Now I'm a pastor's pastor. I meet with pastors now who need help, not financial help, but they don't know how to run a church. So for some reason, it's like my phone number's on the internet. (laughs) I get calls from people I don't even know. You know, I know so-and-so, and and they told me that you would help me. And I said, and this is what the Lord told me. He promised me. He said, Evan, if you will help pastors, I'll help you. And so... My purpose is multifaceted. Now, watch this now. Write this down. Our purposes don't change, but our assignments do. Are you with me? Our purposes don't change, but our assignments do. In other words, it is not until we view things through the eyes of God's purpose that we will see and experience total fulfillment. You got you to gotta move with the cloud. I I said this in the first service. There are people who sit on a job that they hate for years. And God is trying to move you on. He's trying to get you to stretch out your borders. You don't, listen, every person that I know that got fired or got laid off at this church, 90% of them ended up with a job that was paying better than the one they had. Sometimes God will take you out of your comfort zone. So that he can put you into the faith zone. Amen. So you got to start out with, you know what? I'm giving God 100%. 
You cannot be in a good relationship if you don't get 100%. And you know what? That starts every day. See, when I wake up every day, I have to say, okay, today I'm going to give God a hundred. You wake up tomorrow, I'm going to give God a hundred. Because if not, what will happen is that you will stay. And now when God is trying to get you to move, he's trying to stretch you. He's trying to grow you. You still stuck over here at this job you've been working at for 20 years. I don't know who I'm talking to. Touch your neighbor. Say neighbor. I don't know who he's talking to. But I hope it ain't you. Now, let's talk about passions for a minute. Let's talk about passion. Because, see, once you start pursuing God to know your purpose, he's going to put some passions on the inside of you. Amen. Now, passion, if you want to write it down, it's a strong emotion, feeling, or desire. It's a strong emotion, feeling, or desire. I want you to go to Psalm 21, if you would. Psalm 21, quickly. In order to really get the best out of life, we must believe that God wants to give us the desires of our heart. You know what? I am shocked. I run into people all the time who really don't believe that God wants to bless them with the desire of their heart. You know, I've had four couples to come to me this month who uh, was trying to have a baby and got pregnant this month. That was the desire of their heart. And God wants to give you the desire of your heart. In Psalm 21, look in verse 2 if you're taking notes. Are you there? Say, I'm there. Okay, look in verse 2. He says, you give him his heart's desire and Do not withhold the request of his lips. Now, God is a no respect of person, meaning that if he gives one person the desires of their heart, he has to give another person the desires of their heart. Are you with me? In other words, all of us are his his children. So what he did, he said, you know what? I don't want my kids to think that I love one better than the other. So I'm going to put the same standard in one book and I hope they all believe it. Now, some of us believe it more than others, and that's why we're experiencing a better life. That's why you can be in a church, and one person can be doing good on the right side, and on the left side, this person is not, because one of them decided, I'm going to have faith in God, and I'm going to trust Him. I'm going to obey Him. So, God wants to give us the desires of our heart. In Psalm 37, 4, you can write this down. It says, delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. The Amplified Version says, delight yourself in the Lord... And he will give you the desires and secret petitions of your heart. Secret petitions. God wants to give you the desire of your heart. And some of us have been beat up in life so bad we've stopped even dreaming. Dreaming is free. I've never seen somebody make you try to pay to test drive a car. It's free. Why not go test drive one? Well, I ain't got no money. He, don't, he said he will give me the desires of my heart. He didn't say you have to pay for it. So why do we pay for it? Let me tell you something. When you bless yourself, the blessings of the Lord make you rich and add no sorrow. But when you bless yourself, the blessings of yourself make you poor and add sorrow. Amen. That's called bias remorse. Have you ever had bias remorse? You bought something you shouldn't have bought it, and then after you bought it, you felt bad about it. Amen. That wasn't the Lord's blessing. That was your blessing. <laughs> go to Psalm 20 since you're in Psalm 20. Uh, go to Psalm 20 while you're there. Let's look in verse 5. Psalm 20, look in verse 5. It says, 
We will rejoice in your salvation. And in the name of our God, we will set up our banners. Watch this now. The Lord will fulfill how many of your petitions? How many? All. Now, that word petitions is the same Hebrew word as the word desire. When it said in Psalm 37, 4, he will give us the desires of our heart. Really, what he was saying is he will give us the petitions of our heart. But God cannot give you something you don't ask for. I find many Christians don't ask God for nothing because they feel unworthy. Can I help you with the unworthy part real quick? Let me show you how you can feel worthy to be blessed by God by not following your feelings. Your feelings have nothing to do with God blessing you. We're supposed to walk by faith and not by feelings. So all you got to do is say, you know what? He said he wanted to bless me. He said he wanted to give me the desires of my heart and I believe him. Amen. So it is not until you know that God wants to give you the desires of your heart that you can really come to trust him. You cannot really trust God with 100% of your heart until you know that he has your best interest at hand. And a lot of people these days think God is against them. There are some Christians in this room right now. You've been Christians for, for a long time. But here's the question I have. When was the last time you asked God for something? It's funny. You pray for everybody else. You pray for mama. You pray for granny. You pray for your kids. You pray for your husband. You, pray, you, pray for, you even pray for your coworkers. They, you, you might as well have a box on your desk with a pr- that says prayer request. I see it. They just come to you. Can you pray for me about this? Can you pray? And you, boy, man, you, you storm heaven over them. You pray and you pray. You pray harder than they do. You pray and you pray. But then when it comes to what you want God to do for you, you're not opening up your mouth. I wonder why. You know why? Because you're walking by your feelings. I don't think I'm worthy. Well, let me ask you a question. If you weren't worthy, why would, let me ask you a question. Have you ever prayed for somebody and what you prayed happened for them? Raise your hand. Okay. So if God answered your prayer for somebody else, he will answer your prayer for you. But the enemy and your flesh will keep you from praying for yourself. It is not, see some people say, ah, oh, that's just being, it is not wrong to ask God for stuff. Jesus even said, You need to ask the Father in my name. So guess what? You got to first pursue God's purpose because that's going to give you the confidence to go to to, to, to God. And then he's going to put some passions on the inside. Like for me, when I I got saved, I I can't understand it. Now, you have to understand, you know, I believe in multiracial stuff. But when I was young, I never dated anyone that was out of my race. Well, first of all, I didn't date that much anyway. But when I did, they were all within my race. But the moment I got saved, for some reason, a desire got put inside of me that I was going to marry somebody that was not only not my race, but wasn't even a part of my culture. I couldn't understand it. Just dropped it in there. Boom. And I, just like I know my name is Evan, I knew I was going to marry somebody that was not part of my culture. I didn't know how it was going to happen, but I just knew it was going to happen. And guess what? If you fast forward my life, I ended up working in corporate America. Then I ended up going to Bible school. I didn't know that I was going to go to Bible school in another country. And when I got there, I didn't know that I would end up marrying somebody in that country. 
So that desire that God put inside of my heart came to pass because I trusted him. And the only way to have the best of the better life, you got to trust God. Can somebody say amen to that? Now go to 1 Samuel real quick and we'll close with this. Go to 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 30. The best of the better life cannot be experienced until you pursue the better life. You got to go after the better life. You got to go after things that you, that you don't have. You got to go after. See, some people, and I'm not just talking about stuff. I'm not just talking about stuff. But see, the only way sometimes you're going to attract people is you got to have more than what they got. I mean, you got King Jesus playing on your CD player at work. You got crosses all around your computer screen. You got that big white family Bible sitting there on your cubicle. You got all these bumper stickers on your car. Honk if you love Jesus. But they don't see. They see you struggling. Now, I wouldn't want to serve your God if all you're doing is struggling and complaining. Now, go to 1 Samuel 30. Let me show you. here. And here's the point, and I'm going to close with this. You, God can't do it if you don't pursue it. God cannot do it if you don't pursue it. In 1 Samuel chapter 30, we're going to drop down in verse 8. Are you there? This is talking about David. They went out to go fight. When they came back, all of their stuff was gone. Their wives, their children, their belongings, everything was gone. So David was talking to the Lord. And in verse 8, it says, And David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? And shall I overtake them? And God answered him and said, What class? He, what did he say? Pursue. So had David not pursued the things that he needed or wanted, he'd have not got it. And I'm telling you, the better life ain't going to come if you don't pursue it. If you want a new car, you need to be test driving a car at least once a week. Your wife called, baby, where are you? I'm at the dealership again. It don't cost nothing to test drive a car. Now, if it does, you need to run out of that dealership. But it don't hurt you to do that. It don't hurt you to look for a house. Look at houses. Just go look. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to look. I'm just, and then, you know, go to the department store. Now, some of y'all, leave your plastic at home now. But if they ask you, hey, how can I help you? I'm just looking. I'm just looking. You know why? Because I'm taking a snapshot of my future. And so David said, God, should I pursue them? And then look what it says in verse uh, nine or eight. He says, pursue for you shall surely overtake them. And without fail, you're going to recover what? He wouldn't have recovered all had he not pursued it. And uh, I'm going to close with a testimony from one of our members. They called me one day. They were frustrated with the job that they were in. And uh, they wanted their two different directions they were trying to go in. So we clarified what direction they should go in. And so uh, I'm going to pick up on the testimony. It says, I was so unhappy with the type of work I was doing, the people I worked with, and the environment I had to work. And watch this now. I went, I went in every day with an attitude. Well, that fall, we, be, we began attending Word of Truth. And because, 
Watch this. Oh, oh, and became members. And then it says, right then, my life started to change. Instead of walking into work with a bad attitude, I, I decided to fight back spiritually. I started listening to the word that you were teaching. Finally, at the end of 2009, I felt it was time to look for a new job. I was confused on where God wanted me to go. In other words, she didn't know exactly which way to go, but that didn't stop her from starting to pursue. It said, my husband and I spoke with you about this situation because we wanted some spiritual guidance and some advice that would be scriptural. You gave us a lot of good advice, and then you told me to look for a job like my life depended on it. And you know what else I told her? I said, do not. I said, how much money do you want to make? She told me. I said, do not apply for no job less than that. Because if you apply for a job that's less than what you ask God for, that don't make no sense, does it? So it continues to read. I begin to confess that I have favor for the faithful. I spoke it every day. I gave it to God and I was patient. By March, I had been called for three interviews. And each interview I went in and the people were impressed and basically told me I had the job right on the spot. I declined two of the offers because I felt it was not where God wanted me to be. He had something else for me. Well, the last one was an auditor position. I actually planned to apply for this position back in 2008 before, you know, back in 2008. But for some reason, I thought I didn't qualify, so I didn't apply. But see, favor causes you to not have to be qualified. Amen. Two weeks later, I got an official phone call to accept the job, and I did. Now, now, back when we fasted in the beginning of the year, I prayed to God for a specific salary, and I knew I was asking for was a little too much for, for someone who had just got their degree and no experience, but I had faith. Now, on the announcement for this job, the beginning salary was not what I wanted, but again, I knew this is where God wanted, wanted me to, be, to, to go. She was pursuing. About a week before I started, I got an official welcoming letter from the department, and it included my salary, and it was more than what it was on the job description, and it was more than what I asked God for. On my first day of work, I knew this is where God wanted me to be. It just felt right. I love my benefits. She got 20 days of paid vacation and 13 days of sick time in her first year, when in her old job, she had to work a whole year just to get a week of paid vacation. But none of that would have happened had she just sat still. And I want to challenge you all in this room. God can't do it if you don't pursue it. You, listen, I'm not saying go look at a million dollar house. But I'm saying you need to go and look beyond where you are. Because see, there is some promised land that God wants us in. But we got to go and look at the promised land so that he can put the passion and the desire inside of us so we can get it. And I believe there are some people sitting here in this room. There are some more that's coming to you. But you got to start first. You got to step out first. You got to start saying it now. You got to act like you got a million dollars even if you just got a million pennies in your pocket. You don't have to be rich to act rich. And I believe that this is a... Closing this whole series, God is saying to Word of Truth Family Church... I want better for you. I want more for you. But you got to take the step of faith and walk out. I'm talking to somebody right now. You said, Pastor, you don't know my credit. You don't know my credit. <laughs> we got a witness right there. You, uh, listen, you don't know my credit. 
I don't need to know your credit because I got God's credit. One of our members bought a house with three foreclosures on their credit. What are you going to say about that? God cannot do it until you pursue it. Did you get something out of the message today? Amen. Every head bowed and every eye closed. You may be here today.